Hi, and welcome to the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast. I'm your host, Tegan Thompson. I'm a book lover, a chocoholic, and an INTJ living in a world filled with extroverts. I made this podcast to share my experiences and struggles as an introverted perfectionist and to bring the inner workings of an introvert's mind to introverts and extroverts alike. So grab a cup of tea and get comfortable. It's time to unmute. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast. I hope you all enjoyed your week and are enjoying your weekend. I know it's a little rainy, but, um, you know, sometimes we need rain, and so it's nice to get rain. I love rain, so personally, I'm super excited about the rain. Um, I'm also starting to see the leaves change color and fall, so I'm just so, so excited. I love fall as a season, and it's making me really happy already. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to a couple of my sisters, and we were talking about some of my previous podcast episodes. And at one point in the conversation, they kind of turned to me and they were like, you know, you don't always do the things that you discuss in your podcast. Like, you give advice and you say, like, how to work on things, but you don't always do those things yourself. And at first I was, like, a little worried because I was like, am I being hypocritical in my podcast? Am I not being honest or something? I don't know. Um, However, I responded to them by saying that, you know, I'm not perfect and nobody's perfect and that I'm still working on a lot of these things that I discuss about in my personal life, and that's okay, you know, you're never going to be perfect, and you're always going to be working on things, and that's okay, it doesn't mean you can't discuss them, it doesn't mean you can't have these conversations and be open about them, um, so it actually got me thinking, and this week I'm going to kind of be really vulnerable with you guys, and discuss something that is a particular challenge for me um, and that is uh, people who have the need to always feel right um, this is something I hear about myself on a weekly if not daily maybe basis um, from friends and my sisters always saying like oh you always need to be right why do you always need to be right you you know it's just a conversation you don't have to always be right and stuff like that and yes I am aware of my need to be right um and it's a part of myself that I don't particularly like but I am trying to work on it and grow from it but it is a journey um, that is pretty difficult. It's a big journey for me, changing a lot of things about myself, so it's pretty difficult. And I kind of just want to talk about why, because I know that there's other people out there who have this need and this feeling to always be right in conversations and stuff like that. And so I kind of just want to talk about, um, why it's difficult and why it happens. So, Uh, essentially it's a way of creating a false sense of security 
Uh, so people who always feel the need to be right often adopt a type of dominant body language that they anchor to their identity to. So their identity is kind of like the, like centered in them being this dominant type of person. And what I mean by that is I mean people who often feel like they need to be right display an image or a persona of themselves um, based in security, superiority, and arrogance um, it, with the uh, idea that their opinion is the only valid opinion. Um, and people who feel the need to always be right, like, most often grew up as the smart kid or, you know, like, they were always told that they were smart, right? Like, everyone around them told them they're smart, from their friends to their family to their teachers, um, and they received good grades, which only confirmed these things. Uh, and from this, they often like to educate themselves on various tops, topics in order to be able to voice their opinion as much as possible. Um, so basically, when someone who feels like they always need to be right and grew up believing that they were always right, when they are proven wrong, this can make them feel lessened, defeated, and humiliated. And it essentially uh, can upset their personal identity and how they view themselves and results in feelings of fear and inferiority. And that's why they can get so defensive and aggressive when you try to say like, no, you're wrong, this is actually true, or your opinion isn't accurate and stuff like that it it, uh, it like it feels like a personal attack to them because their identity is based and grounded in this idea that they are smart and that they are you know like super intelligent and they the feeling that they need to show that um so essentially when people are showing that they always need to be right, it is a defensive strategy. It's a mechanism or a strategy that these people use to demonstrate their intelligence and their experiences they've had, as well as validate themselves. And when I say validate themselves, I don't mean validate themselves to other people. I mean, people who need to be right are actually trying to convince themselves of their own value. They're not, they're not sitting there arguing with you saying, I'm right, I'm right, I know I'm right, because they want you to know that they're smart and intelligent and right. They're convincing themselves that they're right and that they have that intelligence that they grew up with their whole life and that no one can take that away from them. Um, and uh, it's a feeling of, fragility in their own identity and their own view of self and so this is where i'll get a little uh, vulnerable with you is that 
personally, I grew up as that smart kid, right? Um, I had friends, I had family, I had teachers all telling me how smart I was and how great I was at school and where I could go in life if I wanted to push myself to go there. Um, and to this day, I have friends who still introduce me by saying things like, oh, this is my friend Tegan. She's really smart. <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't bother me necessarily. I think it bothers me a little bit more now just because I'm aware of it. But when I was younger, it was like, I loved being introduced like that. I was like, yeah, I am smart. Um, you know, and it kind of just continued to validate that part of me. Um, why now it bothers me a little bit is uh, more than it used to is because I've recognized that I, I haven't viewed myself as much beyond that. I haven't viewed myself much more than the smart kid. And because of that, I believed and still continue to believe that all my value as a friend, as a sister, as a daughter, as a co-worker, um, as anything, right, is based in my intelligence, that my value is my intelligence. And, um, like, that's how I grew up and that's how I kind of continue to view myself even now. Um, and when other people kind of say those things about me, it only makes me think, that those things are true um and um being aware of it now it bothers me because i know that my value goes beyond my intelligence and i want other people to see me as see that value in me as well and not just view me as that smart person um or anything especially since I know that I'm not the smartest person and that there are a lot of people out there more intelligent than me, right? Um, and beyond that, there is more than intellectual intelligence, right? You can be intelligent in so many ways. You can be intelligent in terms of music and art and cooking and sports, um, in writing and all these other things, um, and, and I know that I don't know all of those things. I might be book smart, but I'm not smart when it comes to having to play instruments. I'm terrible at playing instruments, yet there are people out there who master multiple instruments, and that's impressive, or people who know multiple languages. To me, those things are so impressive and things I wish I could do. And um, it just reminds me that there are different types of smart. And so being labeled as smart kind of hurts me because first thing, I believe everyone is smart in their own way. Um, everyone has something that they are good at or talented at and can pursue. And it doesn't matter what that talent is, you're smart and intelligent in that field. And that's what's important. Um, also, it hurts me because 
I, I like I said before, I don't want people to only see me as someone who is smart. I am more than that. I find myself to be um, loyal and compassionate. Um, I love to draw, which there's not a lot of people who know that about me. I haven't done it a lot recently, but I do love to draw. Um, I love to play sports. Like there's all these other things about me that I wish people talked about, but when it comes to me, I've grown up believing that my identity and my value is that I'm smart. And so currently I'm working on re-identifying myself, right? I'm trying to take away the belief that who I am is someone who is smart and rebuilding that up with who I really truly believe I am. And I'm still working on that, so I'm not going to share that with you guys yet. Um, But for me, this involves starting small. And when I say that, I mean... For someone who feels like they need to always be right, I eventually want to be aware of other people's opinions and give them the opportunity to voice those opinions without me having to voice my opinion that may contradict theirs or without me having to get defensive, right? And... I want to be able to do that when anyone voices any type of opinion unless it's offensive in in some sort of way then I'll probably voice my opinion but when I say I'm starting small I mean I'm starting with looking to you know do that at least once a day um, and kind of just finding someone who voices their opinion and Maybe it contradicts mine, maybe it doesn't, but just letting them voice that opinion and let it be there and kind of just listening to them and that's it. And then eventually building up um, to doing it more often so that I can slowly build that habit, right? I want it to be a habit so that it's not something that I just like force myself to do a lot really quickly and then I don't continue to do it in the long run. I'm also um, working on recognizing that accepting different, differing opinions from mine does not mean that I'm weak or I'm inferior or that my opinions are invalid, right? Rather, when I acknowledge other people's opinions and listen to them um, and accept them, it's a sign of emo- emotional maturity, And that's something I really want to work towards is building my emotional maturity um, just for my future self and for the future people in my life. Um, I'm also working on accepting that I can't change every opinion that I disagree with. Um, This was something really hard for me, I think, Um, just growing up. I always thought that not only did I have to be right, but that other people had to agree with me and that's not true. We are, as I've been saying through my whole podcast, is that we're all different. We all have different opinions, all different experiences, and those things make us diverse and unique, and that diversity is so important to building our society and progressing and growing as a society. Um, So I'm working on doing that and 
um, just accepting the other opinions out there and also prioritizing compassion when it comes to having conversations with people, right? I'm becoming more and more aware that I can never fully understand why someone has certain beliefs or certain opinions, right? I can never understand that unless I've personally lived in their shoes, and I can't do that, um, just like they can't do that with me. So, you know, someone may not understand my opinion, and I may not understand theirs, but that's okay. It's still important to listen and be a support that other people can lean on when they need to and want to, um, just so that they know that their voice and their opinions are being heard as well, just like I would want mine to be heard. Um, so ultimately, this whole journey is working on me embracing my faults, and I want to encourage you guys to also embrace your faults, uh, just acknowledging and accepting our shortcomings, because when we do that, that allows us to learn from our past experiences and our past mistakes and grow to be um, more compassionate and um, caring people. And it will ultimately build a healthy environment for you and your family and your friends in the future. And that's what is the ultimate goal, I feel like, is to have that healthy environment where everyone can grow and build the person they want to be for themselves. So thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or if you learned anything new, please go share it with a friend. And as always, have a good weekend and I look forward to seeing you guys again next week on the Heart of a Perfectionist podcast. Wow. Mm-hmm.